Boxcatters. Boxcatters. Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 263. 23.8 degrees is not cold. Stop your whinging. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, it's the man with the furry yellow hands, John Richard. Hello, listener. And to my right, it's Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. I, I can't quite... I, it's so strange. I can't really... It, I look over the panel and I'm not sure if I'm looking at Big Bird or... Oh, John Richards. I'm wearing my Muppet well, hands. Well, I uh, got Muppet hands. Here's an easy way to check. Does it have a giant beak and wings? Yes. Then it's John. Oh, no, wait. <laughs> hey. Oh, yeah, the jeepery Snap. started already. <laughs> Pa-pow. Get thee to a jeepery. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is box cutters. It is all about television and... We've got a whole lot of television to talk well, about this in week. Fact, this is box cutters. What this did I is say all about television? What did I say? It, it is, it is the thing. What you're listening to now <laughs> is box cutters. What's your problem with that? Nothing. Right? Are you sure? I, I just wanted to make sure that we. Because if you want, you can take it outside. What hour? And uh, when I say it, I don't mean box cutters in that <laughs> sense. Oh. Fair enough. Go on. All about television. This show. <laughs> All about it, except for that bit. Yeah, you like that? You like that? Smooth. But before we get on to what's on this show, it's important for us to mention that this coming Sunday, the 15th... 15th? Sunday! 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 (laughs) Yes, 15th, I believe. The 15th of May... Me? At Seraphim. Seraphim. At Seraphim, which is uh, upstairs in Smith Street. The bar formerly known as Vibe. Yes. uh, we, We will be having our second... Annual Eurovision. Having had evening. that uh, whole conversation about about Sarah from last week yes. and and, yes. uh, and and getting your your heeb explanation of it, <laughs> yes. uh, <laughs> did you happen to see the front page of the Sunday ad yesterday? No, no. with uh, a woman who'd had a baby and then four hours later she's back home. Child called Seraphim. <gasps> no. Really? She hates but that child. One child. Mm. One child called Seraphim. Mm-hmm. Well, she needs an uncle Cherubin now. No, yeah, but they're both plurals. Should just be Seraph and Cherub. Yeah. Well, that just sounds common. And she has twins. <laughs> but uh, yes, Eurovision Seraph on 123 yes. Smith Street. I'm saying Sure, why Street. not? Why not? Seraph uh, on Smith Street and Fitzroy, upstairs. Last year was a bit awesome. I have chosen my outfit. I'm have very you? excited. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, yeah. I, realized, I realized a few days ago that uh, I said, I'll never need those white shoes again. <laughs> Gave them back to the op shop. Oh, cool. And, uh, and, and they're not there anymore. So... I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to wear. I'm yet. I'm yet to know what I'm going to wear. But this this Sunday, come along. You don't need to RSVP. You don't need to book. We just want you to come. And it's and free. Enjoy it it's is buy, free. Buy some drinks. Big screen. You'll see you know, the lovely Sam Pang, the lovely Julius Mero doing their thing. Um, I was like, I was going. Oh, are they coming? Yeah, coming live. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh no, no, no. Sam said there's some other Eurovision party they're right. going to. I, I, I figure. In uh, in in preparation, uh, my, my friends, I had uh, a pre-Eurovision Eurovision party mm-hmm. last night uh, and watched our favourite songs from the last, I don't know, 50 years or whatever it is of, uh, of Eurovision. And uh, there, there were some 50 songs uh, dating back to 1967. It was, a lot of, uh, it was a lot of songs, but mine were in the last three years. My favourites were in the last mm-hmm. three years because something happened musically in Euro- European pop. Yeah, in I, those, uh, in I those think three it's years, Svetlana Laboda. 
I think Svetlana Labota's Be My Valentine, that was what changed. Yeah, for me it was Ruslana, when Ruslana came out with oh. her uh, flamethrower. I, I do apologize, it has got a little bit of Eurovision, but I did it want has. to mention though, I did want to mention, because you, you yes. you've, you've set me off. I do love that that new tradition where whoever wins, you know, obviously the country that wins holds the next year. Is that year. a new tradition? Well, no, 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 but the tradition I'm getting to is that they, they hold next year, they realise it's way too expensive, and they deliberately try to lose. Mm, and mm. what I love... Like all of your pigs nations all have to do. Portugal, Ireland, <laughs> Greece, and Spain. And next year they just chuck it. Because none of them have any money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so um, my favourite one was when Russia won, and that year they put in a, a, a woman who cried while a huge CGI portrait <laughs> herself got a hole behind her, and you went, wow, you so do not want to win this again. But, but I like that German, Germany's gone the sort of French tag this year they've put in a, it's Nina again it's a really great pop song but it's way too sophisticated to win Eurovision I thought that was clever they've gone look we, it looks like we're trying but we're not going to win so hang on they, so is it they've like taken, Kanye West going all digital and, and auto-tune it's exactly like that uh-huh. so they've taken the winner of last year yeah. and put it back into contention yeah and, and, but the thing is but have they kind of disfigured her or something because she largely won because of her cute smile and uh, they've probably well, just thrown it back at her, saying, "You got us into this mess, Nate. You get us out of it." <laughs> well, she has she has apparently written it herself. Mm-hmm. It's actually a great song, but it's very sophisticated, very kind of low key pop. It's not going to win. It's it's the my lovely horse of this year, and you know, good luck to her. Uh, my uh, my my pick for most annoying song uh, c- coming up in this in this year is uh, is is one called uh, Popular. Look out for it. It's called Popular. It's a terrible, terrible song, but uh, a lot of people think that the singer is quite a nice bit of eye candy. Right. So, that's bound to get some votes. Got an inviting mouth, as someone once said about Norway. (laughs) Yes. Coming up later on in this episode of Box Cutters. She got a pretty mouth. (laughs) We're uh, going to talk about the the UK show, The Trip. We announced it last week that this is what we're going to do. It is what we're going to do. Uh, you have been warned. Told you. Yeah. <laughs> was, there, was there a risk that wasn't going to happen? Was it like well, a- no, but there's always risk. You know, we, we say we're going to do things on this show and then they never happen. You know that. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know that. Uh, but it is what we're going to do. So uh, hopefully you have managed to get your hands on a copy and, uh, and, and we'll be watching along with us. We'll tell, you when to, yeah. we'll tell you tell you when to turn the page. Got the uh, special bell sound. Got the uh, the, the Tinker new segment cancelled too soon, mm-hmm. where we look at uh, a TV series that was cancelled too soon. Ah, oh. ah, oh. is that what that means? Yeah, yeah, that's 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 what that means. And I've put yes. I've put ten minutes down here, but how how long is it going to take me to say American Gothic? Oh, I've just ruined it. <laughs> Didn't we just do it? Yeah, well, that's 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 our nice. new segment cancelled too soon. Uh, also, uh, Brett, you're going to talk about AFL rights. Uh, you've also got an I don't buy it. Mm-hmm. We may or may not have some letters to box cutters. It depends see how if anyone yeah, sends any in. Uh, one thing, pork. Uh, no Toby Halligan this week. He's uh, yeah. away with a sore back. No trotters. We'll have to have actual pork. That's yeah, okay well, because I've got something special I want to great, talk about. Great, great. But also, don't get anything wrong. No, yeah, yeah. because no one. Otherwise, that's when the barrage of. Uh, well, we of we, we never do. Basically, we just throw out, uh, you know, uh, no, stepping we, off we, points we, for, we, for. We do. We do for, get stuff for comic. We, uh, we do try to get. What for, show for are you comic, listening we, we, to? We comic writing. Wrong. What, yeah. 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 what yeah. show yeah. are you listening yeah. to? We don't yeah. get anything wrong. Uh, let's uh, let's start with getting things wrong by kicking things off with the box cutters news. Just 
<laughs> yeah, Brett, it's not you're not actually a tape. You're not a tape. Following up from last week's uh, news about uh, Paul McCarthy's blog piece about life on planet Earth, people mm-hmm. not getting their due pay mm. from Fremantle Media. Uh, I did uh, try to get in touch with the Media Entertainment and Arts Alliance last week, as, as I said. And they oh, I did, but they weren't commenting because it's an ongoing issue. And then, and then I said, well, come on, because just, you know, generally, come on. But not even in the abstract. Come not on, you soft abstract. cocks. I did not say that. Maybe you should have. Maybe that would have. Uh, si- well, no. Did it, did it work? I didn't to- need to say that because a couple of days later, Simon Whip, uh, National Director of uh, the MEAA, uh, did send me an email back saying, uh, quote, we do not draw any distinction in our contracts between a live to air production, which are in any event recorded for later reuse, and other programs. Which is one of my questions. Uh, we, we do have a standard contract, an agreed contract between Equity and SPAR. SPAR is the Screen Producers Association of Australia. Uh, for the engagement of performers in television programs, which contract was used for the engagement of performers on this production? So effectively, regardless of whether or not the show gets played, they should just have been paid as normal? Is that, is the, that- the, uh, all, all I asked, because I, I, I couldn't get any specifics mm-hmm. about about the case, but I did. I, I was able to get uh, specifics about what usually happens, and what usually happens is there is a standard agreement between producers and actors, and that same standard agreement was used for Live from Planet Earth. So there should be no difference. The, the conclusion that right. we can draw from that is that there should be no difference with uh, what actors should be paid for Live from Planet Earth and what they are paid for any other live or pre-recorded TV production. So if the standard agreement states that there should be payment for several weeks after a cancellation, then that should right. that should happen. So that's uh, that's where that stands. Still no response from Fremantle Media at all. Uh, still chasing it up, trying to get to the bottom of it. No other uh, news has been reported on this. But it is clearly a, a situation that's uh, that's in dispute, so we're going to keep trying to follow it up. Brett, um, have you noticed no. going around the streets of Melbourne? Uh, uh, maybe something that's uh, that's actually a, a curse internationally. Uh, I've I've seen many many abandoned CRT TVs. Oh, I have. Yes, on the sides of yeah, the yeah. roads, people people are putting out these like quite large screen yeah. CRT TVs that probably cost them, you know, three or four North grand. North Fitzroy, the streets of North Fitzroy are full of them. They're making a run for it. It's with, like a herd. with the the <laughs> with a the very very slow herd, lever type uh, remote controls and everything on top of it. Nobody's touching them. Nobody wants CRT TVs, and everybody's just dumping them. I had a broken bed the other day on the side of the road, North Fitzroy. It it was gone within minutes. I put out a huge <laughs> block-mounted poster of Justin Bieber. This is true. I put out an enormous block-mounted picture of Justin Bieber. A hipster, a hipster came running, <laughs> flew in within seconds. It had left my hands. And a hipster was running down the street, north going, ah, "Look at my ironic picture of Justin Bieber." Did, did he say yonk as he picked he it up? He did say yonk. And yet, those TV sets are just everywhere. No can, one. No can one I, wants uh, it. in 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 a, a moment of, of conscience, uh, say? If you are getting rid of your CRT television, please find out if your council has a green waste, a, 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 a e-waste. green e-waste initiative, e-recycling. Yes, 
because most of the time you can just take them down to the dump, leave them there for free, and somebody will recycle all the recyclable bits from them, and they won't just clutter up our nature strips. To be fair, though, in our area, that does work for everything else. <laughs> you, know, you can dump anything you want. On that street, yeah, yeah. it will go. Except CRT television. Is there some? Is there mercury on the inside of the the CRT? There's bound to be something. Hideous. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying lick it. I'm saying don't no, lick it. No, no, don't. But you know, it's it's environmentally. <laughs> it's, it's poison environmentally. But having set that, have set that picture for us, where were we going with that? Brad? Um, well, in the US, uh, it seems that television ownership has dropped for the first time in 20 years. Research from Nielsen's uh, found that 96.7% of American homes now own TVs, down from 98.9, which is also, it's it's part of getting rid of the old technology. Like those big screen CRT TVs took up so much space and still do. In, Mostly in depth. Uh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> A lot of depth. Yeah. So, so it was... In off off the the wall, generally uh, a long way. If you had a big screen, corners across the nation are now empty. Yes, um, but uh, but also this is uh, obviously an indication that uh, the kids aren't uh, renewing their their broadcast receivers and uh, are choosing to uh, go with their internet, go with their mobile devices. So they're still watching television, but they're watching it on. On a computer is what we think. Well, this would indicate that they're spending less time in front of the box. Well, they're spending less time in front of a a television with a tuner, but they might, especially in the US, where uh, where Hulu. you can have you can have unlimited bandwidth available to you for quite cheap. Uh, it is quite easy to get services like Hulu. Uh, Major League Baseball have a, a, a deal where if you pay uh, $100 a year, you get every single game live on but your computer. I still think it's weird, though, because we are saying they have no television. So they are watching everything on a monitor, which I mean, that, that doesn't mean you can't share the experience normally. Normally, a computer is not a shareable kind of... And, but and they're especially talking about laptops. Yeah. If I've got a... Uh, if I've got a large, uh, a, a very large monitor, if I've got a 23-inch, if I've got a 30-inch monitor on my computer. Size. But it is, sharing is about size. The more the merrier, as they say, John. But you can't uh, really gather. I don't know. Can you gather around the monitor? Does that, does that work? I've done it. Have you? I, d- I do it. At, in in <laughs> fact, ha- having just spent uh, the, the last week on holiday in uh, in. in Port Douglas, lovely Port Douglas. Hello to everybody in Port Douglas who who listens. I uh, didn't meet a single one of you, but, uh, but I know you're there. I know you're there. Oh, cans, uh, lovely, lovely part of the world. Uh, if you don't want a vegetarian meal, but the uh, s- spending time just lying on the bed, laptop in front of us, watching uh, w- watching TV shows that we had brought with us on the laptop. Perfect, perfect scenario for that. Were you eating spaghetti at the same time? You know, like, like each had one end, and you, you get to the middle. And the, uh, you kid. Oh, that! I didn't realize that was because that wasn't on the brochure. Which was uh, the trap, uh, though? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's <laughs> which it, was it the is lady. Which was it, the trap? There was there was a, a very like the, the most slovenly moment of uh, of lying there with all the TV we could hope you know want to watch on the laptop on the bed, a packet of chips between us. And just no communication, just in order, 
One reaches into the bag of chips to the mouth. The other reaches into the bag <laughs> of chips. They say romance is dead. I know. It's the greatest holiday ever. Interestingly, uh, my monitor that uh, I, I mostly use for my computer is, is a nice big 40 inch. So uh, that, that it's, it's really would easy work to... well once I can bring it out into, uh, into the common space. Uh, the, the other thing the... is, sorry, I also, I also have to point out we, we did also for, for a while have, uh, before we had a. a a VCR, uh, sorry, a VCR, a DVD player that would play uh, AVI files. Mm-hmm. Uh, and prior to that, I'd worked out how to hook up my uh, old IBM ThinkPad to my TV and, and with, play things with through that VLC. One yellow RCA with that, yeah. Cord, yep. uh, before that, we used to just have two uh, two armchairs in the study, and uh, and you know a great two point one stereo system hooked up to the to it it. it it's, it's pretty much the the TV experience. I think the concept of a television so is really it's, it's just it's just a tuner with a screen, isn't it? So so you're saying it's it's all about the story. It's not necessarily about the delivery of it. Well, does it have to like, come like, over the so air? It doesn't have to day. come over we the air. No, no, flick no, no. Books. Um, I, I oh. want to say, though, if I had read that article in the New York Times, which I think you were referring to, there, Brett, mm-hmm. um, they were saying about uh, the Nielsen's trying to be rewritten to well, include... They, they're they saying that many low-income households uh, can't afford to own TV sets due to the added expense of digital antennas. I'm not sure why they're having to read re- antenna over that, that, that there. But Nielsen are considering redefining the television household to include those who access uh, internet content. But they were saying that three years ago. Yeah, but now that the poor people can't afford it. And the all BBC, their though, has been having the same discussions when it comes to um, uh, Doctor Who in particular has been a, a bit of a forerunner of this thing that the overnights are getting smaller each year. But the number of people time shifting it has been getting bigger and bigger. And on the iPlayer? Well, the there. iPlayer is that we think is that they haven't quite decided whether or not that counts. So the iPlayer has another thing like there's another you know 1.2 million viewings of, of an episode on that. Does that count as ratings, or is that just the same people watching it again? Or is that and it's kind of interesting that you know they can go well. So there's definitely eight million people watching it once, and there's another 1.2 million people. But are they people or are they, are they repeats of those people? And this is from the country that uh, for for years. Uh, had neighbours rating very highly because they aggregated the two screenings of neighbours each day into one oh, really? day's figures. Yeah. yeah. Why, why wouldn't they just rename it as viewings? So they've got so many view, you know, one point two million plus X like hits. So it's kind of like you don't know yeah. the same person, you know. But yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, you know, if the same household is playing it twice on iPlayer because. Uh, they, they got the iPad, but, but you don't know if it's the same if they've watched it once on the telly. If they've watched it on the telly, now they're watching it on iPlayer. But you know, it's, it's, so what? They're making you know the, the BBC, for example, is a service that people pay for, and if different parts of the service are being used, surely that's all they care about. So if one point two people, one point two million people are watching it on iPlayer. Then 1.2 million people are watching an iPlayer, and iPlayer is therefore a valuable service, mm-hmm. and they can justify keeping it around. Surely that's all the BBC needs, is justification for keeping things around. There, actually, there is something we, we've never touched on is that there are these massive cuts coming to the BBC as well, but we'll. Um, and more, more yeah, massive cuts. More coming. massive cuts. They've been talking about things like uh, actually getting rid of, of, of television overnight and stuff like that. There's been talk of oh. trying to slash, because. Uh, 
They're either too popular, which annoys Murdoch and people like that, or they're well, or they're not popular enough, which annoys the the right wing, going, "We're paying your money to run this service." And what? Wow! Well, if if Murdoch isn't the right wing, that's well, as in, as in, as in like the, the Daily Mail, the, yes, the government, rather ah. than the, the, I mean the actual, I mean, well, the government that that gets elected, not the government that's run by Murdoch. <laughs> <laughs> Not the secret cabal, but let's not talk about that. <laughs> uh, anything else to add to uh, to the TVs and the the Nielsen rate and the blah blah blah? Right. Uh, no, Nielsen are uh, considering it. Right. Yep. Uh, John, you lastly in the news. I think because I'm all Doctor Who all the time. We didn't cover, oddly enough, the death of Elizabeth Slayton. Who? Well, not not that oddly because we went we went on we went week. on. That um, week. But it's a li- so it was on uh, April nineteenth. 2011, Elizabeth Sladen died. She is best and possibly only known for playing Sarah Jane Smith in Doctor Who. I'm sure amongst her friends and family, she's known for other things. She's known for other things, but it was, yeah, but she did have this amazingly powerful character, yes. which, you know, she originally played in the 70s. Um, she did some radio dramas as the same character in the 90s. She did some big finish stuff. And then, of course, came back in Doctor Who uh, in, I think, 2006 in School Reunion. Yeah, no, uh, one's, n- n- no one's out in the streets campaigning for a, uh, to, to bring back Ace. Oh, that, that's harsh. Well, that's, <laughs> no one is. <laughs> anyway. I'm just and, saying no one is, but and, Sarah Jane Smith, everyone loved. And then she got her own spin-off series, Sarah Jane Adventures, which ran for, oddly enough, four seasons. And there's a half season they filmed. And they're not, yeah, there was some discussion in the media the other day about it was announced they were going to film the other episodes without her. And people got very, very angry when they announced that wasn't true. But um, she died of cancer. It was, it was uh, I, I believe her friends knew, and I believe the producers of Sarah Jane Adventures knew, but it was a, a secret kind of to everyone else. It was a bit of a shock that came out of it. But the last air. episode that uh, did go to air was called Goodbye Sarah Jane Smith. I think they were, yes. I think people knew it may have been coming. <laughs> but um, it, was, it, was, it was really, it was strangely, strangely affecting for an awful lot of people. An awful lot of I, us grew up with her as a, as a role model. Yeah, she was our Linda Day. Happy lady. Yeah, she was, she was, she was, yeah, she was a powerful, very you know, successful, go-getter kind of girl. And a lot of people looked to her and said, that's who I want to be, Sarah Jane Smith. And that is the Box Cutters News. Tom Elliott here from a variety of different media organisations, 3RRR, 3AW, Channel 7, Mornings with Kerry ann Inside Business on a Sunday with Alan Kohler. I like to spread myself around and so should you. Listen to the Box Cutters on the internet or any other media you can find them. I think it's educational. I think it's fascinating. I think you might even learn something you didn't know before. Listen to the box cutters. I always do. The Trip is a UK series that uh, was uh, launched last year, November the 1st, on BBC Two in the in the UK. Stars Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon as Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon. Mm. Steve Coogan has been commissioned by the Observer magazine to go around the north of the UK and review restaurants and uh, was supposed to go with his girlfriend but she uh, moved back to the US prematurely and uh, is then stuck with his friend Rob Bryden Uh, that's basically that that, that is the premise and and that's repeated at the start of every episode in case you missed it Uh, Rob Bryden you might remember as the uncle from Gavin and Stacey or if you didn't like Gavin and Stacey you might remember him as the taxi driver from Marion and Jeff if you didn't like Marion and Jeff it's probably because you didn't see it because it's excellent I I prefer to think of him from Marion and Jeff yeah and not the guy from Worst Week I don't know I'm trying to remember 
Rob Brydon's been in everything at some be- point, so it's hard he to kind of narrow it. You down. might remember him from Wales. If you can think of a Welshman who's not Taffin Thomas, you're thinking of Rob Brydon. Yes, probably. Uh, and uh, Steve Coogan, of course, you'll remember as Alan Partridge. Uh, and, uh, and, and that seems to be his cross to bear in this series. Uh, so they are playing characters who have their names and have their histories to a large extent. Mm. Uh, and uh, and it, it's, it's, I, I found it really, really interesting. It's directed by Michael Winterbottom, who uh, is a documentary director, but has also directed uh, fiction zillions films. Zillions of features. I can't think of what documentaries he's made. What does he, what does he make? I thought he started as a documentary. Well, he may, he may have. Oh, so but, but 24, hour, 24 Hour Party People uh, was... Uh, was not was a documentary. No, no. But, yeah, yeah. but no, certainly... Yeah, I'm not um, saying it was a documentary. I'm saying it was a... One of his films. It was one of his films. And That's what I um, And uh, Tristan... And Tristan Shandy. Which is uh, kind of recently. where this sort of comes out from because they were both in that. Yes. Yes. But but I, my understanding was that uh, he made twenty four hour party people because that he came out of the documentary uh, area. Oh, he, and he, he made well, but I just think of him because uh, yeah, because he has made so many features like yeah, Code Forty Six and uh, Wonderland. And Wonderland was an amazing, it's a, a awesome beautiful film. film. Yeah, he's, fantastic film. He's, he's a, a great director, and, and one um, of the things he Welcome to Sarajevo. Oh, did he? Mm. Oh. He he gets a very naturalistic uh, feel from from his actors and. Uh, one of the things that, that really comes out in, in this show is how natural every single scene fe- feels. Uh, and and it, you might want to try to think about it as a Curb Your Enthusiasm, but with kind of content, concept, and class. We, we've got a clip, haven't we? Let's, yes. Should we play a clip? Just yeah. give you an idea before we... Bit of a grounding in uh, what it's like. You could have a... Costume drama, yeah, couldn't you? I would love. I'd absolutely. Do you know what? The hill. I would just love to do a costume drama in these hills, just leaping, vaulting over dry stone walls with a scabbard. It's like dead look in my eyes because I've seen so many horrors that I'm sort of immune to. And they always say something like, "Gentlemen to bed, gentlemen to bed, for we leave at first light. Tomorrow we battle, oh, yeah, and we man. may lose our lives. But remember, death is but a moment." Cowardice is a lifetime of affliction. Nice. To bed, for we rise at daybreak. Very good. Very good. Very impressive. They always, rise, always leave at daybreak, don't they? never leave at, um, you know, 9.30. <laughs> Gentlemen to bed, for we leave at 9.30. Ish. Ish. Gentlemen to bed, for we rise at... What time's the battle? <laughs> About oh, 12 o'clock? Yes. Right, 12 o'clock. That was about on horseback, about three hours. <laughs> so, we leave about 8, 8.30. 8.30 for uh, 9. Yes. Gentlemen, to bed, for we leave at 8.30 for 9. <laughs> and we rise at just after day 7.30, so just after daybreak. Gentlemen, to bed, for we leave at 9.30 on the dot. Sire. On the dot. Do you want to have a run, sire, in the morning? Yes. Just to loosen up, sir. Yes. You know the other thing they never say is, right, well, we'd better make a move. <laughs> we w- I want to get back in daylight. We'd better make a move. To bed. To- Tomorrow we rise. We leave at ten-ish. But now, to bed. Unless you are one of those people like me who finds it very hard to get off after he's eaten cheese. <laughs> in which case, stay a while by the fire. Talk of battles past and old. And then and only then, sire, go thee to bed. 
And sleep well. Sleep the sleep of a thousand martyrs. Sleep well, my brother. Sleep well, my sister. Sleep with my sister. Sleep well, my brother. Sleep well, my sister. But please do not sleep with my sister. Leave my sister out of it, all right? My sister alone. <laughs> Don't touch her. Gentlemen, to bed. For a daybreak, I will... Breakfast. We will breakfast. Sire, sire. Yes. It is a continental breakfast. It will only take 20 minutes max. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Rob. Brother Rob? Are you <laughs> Brother Rob? Have of course you Brother were. Jed? No, 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 no. Have you seen Rob Roy? <laughs> Liam Neeson in the kill. Of course you could be called Brother, Rob. tomorrow. Tomorrow we shall have bread. It just, it, it just, it goes on and on and on and on like that. Uh, these scenes where they're driving through the countryside and... Uh, at living with each other, and, and it's this great sense of they're trying to one up each other, but also cooperating uh, w- with each other, uh, collaborating for the better joke. Well, it is interesting that if you do know comedians in particular, there is that horrible, horrible one-upmanship competition is going on throughout this. I, I was going to say I wouldn't call this a comedy, by, by the way, in any ways. I, I, I don't think this is remotely a comedy series. It's comedy in the same way that. Um, Scorsese's King of Comedy is a, is a it's 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 a drama with really funny bits. It's a drama with some really nice jokes in it, yeah, here and there. But it's it's definitely about these two men who they are competing and they're aging, and it's also about what you want from life and about what you've achieved. And it's interesting as Coogan, who I think of as being very successful, the show's kind of saying that in fact his successes are now a while back, and he's actually finding it hard to get more work. Whereas Bryden, who's best known for doing things like radio four panel shows. So Coogan's kind of looking down on him, and, Coog- and, and Brian's going, but I'm happy. And it's an interesting kind of thing about, yeah, what, what do you want from life goes on through this. Yeah, because Rob Brydon's work is consistent, and he's not, he's not a breakaway star. Well, there's a bit where they talk about being tortoises and, and hares, isn't there? And, and yeah, Brydon's saying, I'd rather be the tortoise because it's happy. You know, and it's an interesting... Well, in fact, he finishes off that conversation saying, well, the tortoise wins. And the tortoise wins. Yeah, but don't you want to be the right? Yeah. yeah. And it's also really fascinating because uh, um, uh, uh, I didn't know it was Michael Winterbottom until I, I turned it on. I was, was so excited when his name came up. It's being released in America as a feature film. It's actually being condensed down to you know, like a, okay. an hour and a half or whatever, which I think will make no sense whatsoever because it, it's structured, I thought, quite interestingly that um, he, they're going away on this trip for a week. They're covering these hotels, so, uh, these restaurants. So each episode takes place at one restaurant and the majority of the episode will be one conversation over one meal. And I also just loved all those shots of the food being prepared as well. Yes. So it's just really, really quite exciting, just broken into this. It's got that element of it where it, it's like trying to jump onto that, that reality foodie stuff. Like it's, it's actually trying to be... Because also a, they're, they're real documentary restaurants about about the, yeah. the food stuff. And they're real restaurants uh, and it's real food, which is also quite... But the... But the Conversations are. I read a. I read an interview with Steve Coogan, and it took place at one of the restaurants. And in the description at the start of it, Rob Brydon is on his third version of this pudding that he has to eat for for this scene. And so, uh, it, you know, it seems so natu- naturalistic. Mm. It's it's so well done. It is also in most of its. Actually, I don't know how much of it's improvised, but certainly it was. A heavily improvised series, and uh, again, there's an interview with Rob Bryden I heard where he was talking about the fact that um, they realised about halfway through the shoot they were starting to get too personal with with the insults, and they had to actually end up pulling it back. And I did wonder if that was episode three, which I, I watched just before coming in, where um, 
they've gone to I don't know I was going to say spoilers I have no idea what's a spoiler of this show because it's all kind of pretty much one conversation but um, yeah. it's not like there's any great reveal no. that it's working towards. and they've gone to the house and I've just gone blank of the, the, the famous poet uh, Coleridge they go to yep. Coleridge's house and Bryden starts comparing Coogan to Coleridge and this whole kind of yeah, he peaked early in his life and he was really successful and then after that it was all just you know frittering away and it, it does end up feeling quite alarmingly personal in that in that episode, I don't know it was it was fascinating to watch this real comedians using each other's real lives to discuss and and it's the issues. And, and this, uh, this I, I wondered well you know through it one of them's quite satisfied with his life and the other's not and I wonder how much how much truth there is to that uh it, well. Does it matter? Does it matter to, you, to, to your enjoyment of the It's interesting, though, show? isn't it, that Steve Coogan has, has made this whole career out of playing arseholes, basically. He's always played these quite negative characters, and now he's playing a negative character with his name on it. And it's, yes. It is quite fascinating to see that. And Bryden's playing a character who is mostly positive, but also kind of irritating, the endless impersonations. Yeah. You know, a mixture of kind of good and annoying. And yeah, the, Sir Anthony Hopkins. Yes. He does, he does an astonishing... Um, uh, oh, no, sorry. I've just gone blank on the names. Carry Tom on. Jones. No, no, there's so many of them. I can't. He's, Roddy Corbett. And he just, he just uh, goes... Michael Caine. And how they, how they uh, uh, dissect the Michael Caine uh, uh, um, thingy. I, I really... Uh, in case Impersonations. You in case you couldn't tell... Uh, I really loved this. I really loved the trip. Uh, England or the UK did not love the trip so did much. Uh, it had 2.3 million views. So it was BBC Two, 2.3 million viewers on its first night. Its last night was 1.06, I think. Okay. Uh, so it it dropped more than half its viewership. It got bad reviews. Uh, people found it self-indulgent, boring. Uh, unnecessary. I thought it was a beautiful portrait I found of, it quite moving. of two friends. I was actually more moved by the idea of, of the the thing about the, the career and the work and, and what is my life mm. for, which the Steve Coogan character in particular gets to kind of you know, well, express it, that. It, it fits in with this thing that I've been looking into re- recently, which is television as portraiture. Uh, you, you know, I was, I was thinking about The Wire and The Wire being the portrait of a city. And and this is the portrait of uh, of two men with parallel but but different careers. Uh, I've contacted the ABC to try to find out when it is airing, but have not. ABC's uh, got the rights. I well, okay. Here's here's the thing: the ABC have on their website for a quiet word with. Last week it was Rob Brydon. Mm-hmm. In the in the description of that, uh, there there is a sentence, uh, something like, oh, I was sure that I uh, copied it. Uh, Rob Brydon from but, the uh, upcoming The Trip. Yeah. It does say the upcoming The, the Trip. It's what about from the feature film, though? Tristan it, Shandy. Because the feature film is coming out like this week in the US. So but perhaps, it says Tristan Shandy, Tristan Shandy and the upcoming The Trip. Yeah. So that's why I wonder if perhaps we're going to get it released here as a cinema version like they are in the US. Ah. Because, yeah, the US cinema version is coming out, I think, this week or next week. So perhaps that is why they're, they're touring in advance of a film version of it. Which Nobody I, go to it here. I don't think it'd be any Nobody fun go to as a, a cinema film. to I, see I, that. I don't know. I think, I think the, the segments and the fact that they are based around each of these 
Because in the third episode, I think Coogan himself is going, we have the same conversation every week. And he actually breaks down... Over every meal. Over every meal. And he breaks we, down, we yeah. start off a little bit kind of shy of each other, and then we have some drinks. And yeah, and, and then we, yeah, we have fun, and then we attack each other, and then we do this. And, it's kind of, and that is actually, to me, that was the appeal, the appeal to watch this development of this... Yeah, this, this repetition in some ways was actually quite... A good thing. Whereas in a film, I think that would just be really frustrating. We'll uh, we'll, we'll keep you posted on if it is going to air, if it's going to, to the cinema. If it is going to the cinema, get your hands on the actual episodes because it's well worth a watch. Yes, um, and uh, and and it, let's let's end up with uh, how how it kind of goes. Anyone ever asked you to put a haggis hunt? Be careful what you say. Taking you for a fool. Taking you for a fool. It's a bloody fool. There's no such thing as an angry hound. No, I don't know what an angry hound would be. That's all I need. I anywhere to say. I just imagine myself putting my knife upside down and just pressing my head onto it then. Desperate to be taken seriously, aren't you? No. You can't treat your entire life like a Radio 4 paddle show. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> Alex James said he celebrated his 20th birthday with alcohol his 30th with drugs, and his 40th with food. Is that how it is for you? Um, um, Well, don't you find it exhausting still running around, going to parties and chasing girls at your age? I don't run around and chase girls. I mean, I... You do. No, I don't. You chase girls. I don't chase them. You sound like like Benny Hill. But don't you find all that exhausting at your age? No. Do you find it exhausting looking after a baby? Yes, I do. Yeah, well... Everything's exhausting when you past 40. Everything's exhausting at our age. It's true that Box Cutters comes to you free of charge every week with some of the greatest news and opinion about television that there is in this whole wide world. It's also true that it takes a lot of time and hard work to put together every episode. We're trying to expand the coverage we give to the world of television, but we need your help. Every dollar that you donate to Box Cutters goes to helping the wheels keep turning on the hours of research, planning and coordinating that goes into making each episode. Please donate to Box Cutters by going to the website at boxcutters.net and clicking on one of the donate options. It would mean a lot to us and will directly translate into better content for use. This is a, a, a segment called Cancel Too Soon. Can we change it to Too Soon? I think it's a better title. Uh, really? How about Cause Good would, Day Young? Cause, cause, <laughs> oh, good Day Young, I like. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that better than Too Soon. Because too, too Soon is like, you know, jokes about Princess Diana. Yeah. And with and if they you know if there's a TV series about Princess Diana and that gets cancelled, it can get confusing, right? Good day, young one. That's us. Yeah, I like I like I the, heard the good first, day, young because that could never be confused. With no, I heard the uh, <laughs> the first Bin Laden joke yesterday. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Well, you know, you may as well share it now. Don't keep it. No, I don't remember it, but it was around. Right. Mm. That's the worst joke I've ever heard. No, no I wasn't telling it's the terrible. joke. It was I was a terrible joke. Just talking about too soon. Too, it, was yeah. it ever too soon? Hey, 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 John! I heard a Bin Laden joke the other day. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, I actually <laughs> did. I, I, did. So, I heard. Oh, yeah, I had had, had a bit. That's yeah. a fantastic one, Josh. Yeah, thanks. I laughed. Yeah. I, I did put one on my Facebook page on the day, which which was was the, the amusement was meant to be that I got him mixed up with Dodie Elf. I had, so it did actually also involve Princess Diana, but it's it's complex. I won't go into it. Right. And I did wonder at the time, I was typing it, thinking, am I an asshole? <laughs> but it was too late, I hit return. All right, go on. 
<laughs> oh, there's so, so much that I want to say about Bin Laden now. Uh, he dyed his beard. Like, that was the confusing bit about what he looked like. I'll dye my beard. No one will recognize me. Uh, so, it, it, it canceled too soon. What are we calling it? Good Die Young. Yeah. Right. American Gothic was a uh, TV series from the US. It aired on the CBS network over there from September 1995 to July 1996. That sounds like a lot, but uh, it did only have 22 episodes. Uh, so, it really only ran for, for half a year. And even then... Well, it was one season? What was that... Uh, it was one season. Mm-hmm. It was one season. Uh, ran for only half a year, but did not rate well from the start. And uh, CBS decided to air the episodes out of order and also air them uh, sporadically. So what it would go on. Obsession with, it's funny, in these stories about these you know, short lived shows, it's always at some point someone decides to show the episodes out of order. And it's like. Why would you do what? that? That's How is that going to help? Yes. That's the one where Gillian Anderson gets a kid off. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so it, American Gothic is about, you know, I'm sure you remember it or, or you've heard of it. It's about a, a small town in, in uh, the south in, uh, in the US and uh, there is a, a sheriff who is excellently, excellently played by Gary Cole, one of the greatest actors of our time, I think. I, I really love Gary Cole. I can watch him in anything. He plays uh, Sheriff Lucas Buck. Uh, there is a small boy, Lucas Black, who you might remember from the film Sling Blade. He plays a, a small boy, Caleb Temple. And Tight cast. I know. And, and the the series is about the relationship of the sheriff, who may or may not be the devil, and this small boy, who may or may not be his son. And... Uh, it starts off, you know, the sheriff horribly kills the, the boy's sister in cold blood and just gets worse from there. Uh, very, very intriguing, but also quite gruesome. Uh, a really early look at uh, horror television in the uh, in the late 80s. It was it, superb. I say late 80s. It was uh, mid- 1995. Yeah, mid-90s. Because I was going to say, uh, I actually think it's weird. This is one of those very 90s things, though, wasn't it? There was that period in the mid-90s in which it felt that sort of post-Twin Peaks, you had the TV creators moving to a more, you know, uh, long-form kind of artistic vision of television, but the television stations themselves were still operating on the old-school yes. episodic TV idea. And so you kind of have these shows from that period, there seems quite a few of them that, that, that did die too young, that if they were being made 10 years later, you know, for HBO or someone, they probably would have actually had... But well, this and, was and off the back of the X-Files, and it, it had really been well-informed by Twin Peaks. Mm. Let's not forget, though, that Twin Peaks was a failure for ABC. Uh, that, that you know, it, it was great up until it was solved, and then people didn't want to, want to know about it anymore. Yeah. Uh, it was still very hard for American networks to find their audience with things like that. It was created, interestingly, by Sean Cassidy. From the Partridge family. David Cassidy's brother. Ah, yes. Who was another singer. Who was another singer, pop star, icon, uh, turned to TV. This is the darkest thing that he created. Uh, More recently, he created a TV series called Ruby and the Rockets uh, that co-starred David Cassidy and was god-awful. That also was cancelled quickly but will not be (laughs) 
featuring in Gudayang. I think Sean Cassidy has a habit of creating shows that are cancelled quite early. Uh, but this was a good one. So it's it, it's really, like, it's it's a great piece of horror. Uh, and, and then CBS showed them out of order, but also uh, had long hiatuses. And uh, I read a, a lot of comments from people who tried to watch it at the time in the US and just found it so difficult. Uh, and and people talking about, you know, scanning the guides, trying to find out when it was going to come back. Because, of course, the internet or the web was really in its infancy in, in 1995. The internet had been around for It was a cardboard box back then, but wasn't it? it? A cardboard it, box it was, and some spark plugs. And some spark plugs that had three Ws on it and, and would come into your house while you were uh, while you were asleep and you'd wake up and you would open up the cardboard box and then there would be a toll booth and you would go through that toll booth and everything would become cartoon. Yes, yeah, so that, that, exactly is that it? Right. That's, that's, that's exactly how it was. Right. Yeah. That's how it was. Uh, the uh, so so I recently started watching it because you can buy it on DVD, mm-hmm. American Gothic, and it was ridiculously cheap. I think Amazon paid me eight dollars. <laughs> To, to get it. it. It was really ridiculously cheap. And I discovered that the uh, the order of the episodes that they have on the DVD, because, of course, you know, CBS owns all of this, Universal owns it, uh, they don't care. They just want to put it out there, and if people are going to pay $20 to buy it, great, that's free money for them. So they've put it on as uh, the episodes as they aired in that order. Not in the order that they should sure, have been, but presumably you can find that now through, through the magic of the internet. You can find the order, yeah, but you still need to swap discs out right. and go through us unless you buy the German version of American Gothic that is in the correct order. They know how to follow instructions. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> See, I, I was going to go the porn <laughs> angle on that one, but no, you went Nazi. <laughs> no, it's not Nazi. It's just they're very. <laughs> They're very orderly minded. So that's that's the first of our uh, 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 of our good day young. It's not it's but, not really. But, but, but did it stand up though? Are you saying you know watching it now as a grown up? No, it, watching it now. Watching, watching it now as, as a grown up uh, in uh, in in my later years, as I uh, as as I you know move on in this mortal. <laughs> uh, it, you know what it does. You know, other than hairstyles. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really does hold up. It's a, it, it is a fun show. Uh, the, the, there, there are bits of it that seem dated and they are mostly uh, editing or vague script related stuff. Uh, th- things like the, the way the credits appear or, uh, or you know, pre-show teasers and th- things like that. Uh, oh, like, the- like Remington Steel, how they would... Have, yeah, no, not not that have way. Stills in the ads coming up next, Remington Steel, and they would have stills of from the show. Yeah, that not was, like that. Was that. more eighties. Uh, yeah, early eighties. Yeah, in the early eighties, they would have in this in this week's episode of. And, and does, yeah, so, does it have an end to American Gothic? I haven't gotten to the end yet. Okay, so we don't uh, know what we, the actual. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how. How it finished, but but so considering like, that that CBS didn't know if the last episode was the last episode, I'm, I'm mm. guessing. So I, is it like Carnival? Where there was supposed to be another series, and no, because well, Carnival does Carnival does end because Carnival ends at the end of the first book, uh, and and well, that is a very depressing uh, end, and we do want to know more. 
it could kind of be considered as as an end. Uh, it's it's more like and, and and you know and Deadwood didn't really have a, a start or an end. It was just over time. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it just gets cut short. I'm guessing they wouldn't have finished the 22nd episode on a cliffhanger. Uh, but it is also interesting to to know that they did make all the episodes in the first season. Whereas that doesn't happen anymore. If we look at uh, a show that we've covered pre- previously, Middleman, uh, where they didn't even make the 13th episode of that. That came out as a comic book. Well, that was the trade-off, though. They, they took the budget for the 13th episode, so the 12th episode well, would actually be more expensive and have a cliffhanger in the hope that would actually generate a second series. But they pretty much knew. Mm-hmm. They pretty much knew at that stage that they it wasn't going, going ahead. There are shows that are cut short... Now that just never even make it to the end, uh, Firefly. So uh, that's American Gothic. Uh, next week, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do next week for uh, for. Good day, yeah. Thank you. Hi, I'm really lucky to be the guest of these funny, gorgeous, hunky, sparkly, shiny, wonderful <laughs> men. This is Elmo. And Abby Kadabby. And you're listening to Box Cutters. Brett, uh, you were. Last week, last week, the AFL writes that whole yada yada, you take this bit, I'll take that bit. Hey, look over there, there's some more that we can buy for the AFL rights. Put it on television or something else. That'll happen. That marketness. That weird. Tenders closed and a winner was announced. Yeah. uh, auctions and people going. Yeah, I bid one hundred million dollars. There was there was no uh, spoiler this time around, as uh, Kerry was dead. Um, his, uh, Ker- his, Kerry his last fuck you, no Kerry Packer. Oh. to seven and ten was <laughs> all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna ram this this figure up uh, as high as I reckon that Channel Nine could possibly handle if we ever won it. But if not, then you guys are screwed because I'm going to make you guys pay more. Did you guys watch Paper Giants? Well, the not, story not, of Cleo? Not yet. Oh. I've got it on my IQ. It just alarmed me. I came away liking Kerry Packer. I was oh. so angry at myself. <laughs> <laughs> Going, no, this has made me admire this man. Damn did, you! <laughs> so did it turn you off, Ida Buttress? Um, I, I, well... The problem with Paper Giants is that that there are no characters. There's a whole bunch of just ciphers where people would go and Kerry Packer. So he's brilliantly portrayed and given a history and a belief and whatever. Everyone else just kind of wanders around going, look, it's 1978. um, (laughs) Look how much brown. Yeah, it's so brown in here. That's because it's the early 70s. Um, I mean, it looked fantastic, but it was the shallowest script I have seen in a long time. It was so paper. Everyone said it was amazing. Yeah, well, look, it looked amazing. The story of Cleo was really captivating and that was worth watching. But the only emotional anything you could possibly have in that was with Gary Packer, which is just right. insane. So I'm happy they'll give him a spin-off series. So, uh, so, so, so it's a bit more you know, kind of calm and rational this time around. Uh, Channel 7 went, uh, we, want, uh, we, we want the rights, we're willing to pay this much for it. Uh, well, it seems that uh, no, no individual network can, can afford the rights to the AFL. Well, not anymore. anymore. Um, and uh, and so it takes a, a tag team to be able to deliver it to us. And, it takes uh, a village. 
this time around, we see the winners as uh, essentially the Seven Network and subscription television. So no Channel Ten. No, no Channel Ten as far as the owners of the rights. Uh, and and in fact, it may not be resolved until the end of the year as to whether Channel Ten will have any rights to televise uh, games. You know who I think. So, so the, it might still be the case that they'll get to televise games, but they don't own the rights on those. You know who I think was the uh, the, the real winner out of the AFL rights? Music, uh, music, music was the winner. Footy, <laughs> footy was the winner at the end of the day. Telstra, Telstra, who bought the uh, oh, was it was it Telstra? Oh, Telstra, it's Telstra bought the, have uh, bought the, the IP, IP television and mobile rights, which is just going to be huge. How long do these rights last for? Uh, hey, when's, when's the a, next? Uh, it's four or five years. In in the next four or five years, IPTV is going to just grow massively, and Telstra have the AFL rights for all of that. Optus have screwed themselves. iInet have have not got it. Telstra have got it. They're the ones who are going to uh, who are going to win out uh, over this. When I look at uh, and, and Telstra, who are. Uh, uh, Maybe obviously half of Foxtel. Uh, yeah, but it's not. It's not really got anything to do with Foxtel. This is all going to be. This is going to be Big Pond. This is going to be Big Pond all the way. And when I look at uh, what happens in the US with their uh, digital rights, and the MLB own all of their own internet rights and have their own system, the AFL have screwed themselves with that. The AFL could get. Uh, you know, a hundred dollars a year from but then from again, people the directly. Could let, you know, could let Telstra build the audience for the next five years and get people used to the idea, and then take the rights. Sure. So you know, like it's, at this point, it's probably good for them to go. Yeah, yeah you go and make that work. And then but yeah, I, I think Telstra were the were the real winners. At this point, I don't think the AFL want to want to have to do all that tech support. Uh, the AFL uh, don't want to have to do anything. Except rake in the cash. Um, so what this means is that uh, you'll you'll get. There's been a lot of negotiation with Channel Seven and Friday Night Footy and wanting to have it live because Channel Seven kind of went through have have gone through all of this period of owning the rights, uh, basically not doing any live. Friday night footy. Uh, Better Homes and Gardens apparently has to go to air uh, before they go over to the footy, and uh, that has just been pissing people off no end. Um, so the AFL have, as a condition, uh, said uh, that it it must be broadcast live by Channel Seven on Friday nights. They'll push back the start time a little bit, so so there's a bit of give and take. But Seven have got to do it live. Um, and uh, and that means that they won't be just putting in regular ad breaks all the way up until 1am or whatever as they have been doing it. Uh, it does mean that every single game is going to be live on Foxtel. Every single game is going to be live on Foxtel, even mm-hmm. the games that are already live on Channel 7. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's the point of that? Uh, that's their deal. They've got enough uh, broadcast bandwidth to be able to do it. So they'll do it. Um, so so which, every which, every single game live, no, no matter what territory you're in, every single game live on on. And how does that how does that sit with you, Brett, being so anti Foxtel as you are? 
Well, I I think it, and it's not every territory. Uh, it's Vic, New South Wales, Queensland, and Tasmania. No, no, I'm so, saying so re- regardless regardless of the ter- so if there's a game on in your territory. So if I live in Melbourne, and I could go to the MCG and yep. watch the and watch the football live in person, I could yep. still sit at home and watch it live in my underwear at home. Yes, on your pay TV. And so, how does that sit with you? Um. Well, it's. It, Considering I, how much you hate people and freedom. I, and underwear. I mm. believe that it just makes the anti-siphon list that much more uh, important. Because one of, one of your, your arguments uh, the last time that we talked about this stuff was that, oh, Foxtel are never going to be able to, to afford to buy the rights to the AFL Grand Final. Given that, channel, uh, given that Telstra came to the party here and kind of bankrolled it for Foxtel... I think that uh, shows that they... Hang on, what do you mean Telstra came to the party and bankrolled it for Foxtel? Where did that come from? Well, Foxtel haven't paid that out of... by themselves. They've they've taken money from from their their investor, which is Telstra. Foxtel... Whose investor is, uh, is, is Telstra and other companies. Yes. Foxtel, who are a company... Yes. ...have paid money for this. I don't think you can just put it all on Telstra... Well, I mean, that's not the point that I'm making. The point that I'm making is that, that your argument was that Foxtel would never be able to, to afford the, the AFL grand final rights. My argument was that it's unlikely and it doesn't matter anyway. My argument is that with the... Because what this does is actually just thumbs its nose at the anti-siphoning list and says, well, it doesn't matter. We've got them anyway. We've got them and we've got them live. We've got them better than free-to-air. And saying that the anti-siphoning list is, is a farce. No, you think so? Yeah, that's what that's what this is saying. Okay, if they've got every single AFL game live on Foxtel, what's the point of the uh, anti-siphoning list? Well, that it's still available on free to air. That you've still got, but only select Friday games, night. I mean, you've I... got Saturday afternoon and evening and Sunday afternoon available on free to air, but not necessarily live. And not necessarily the games on a watch. No, though, no, 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 if no. there's games on at the same time, and you're saying is Foxtel covering. Like, is Fox still covering the games on at the same time as well? Are they doing multiple channels? Yes, yeah. So, so, in fact, yeah, the, the free-to-air one is just the one that Seven chooses to show, whereas if I want to follow my team, I'm going to have to get Foxtel. Mm. Yes, yes, you are going to have to. Yeah. And in fact, so uh, the channel, channel 7 is, likely a, is, to, is a furphy. Channel 7 are likely to, uh, you know, pick, pick the, uh, the big head-to-heads of the teams that are at the top of the ladder. Um, and uh, those teams that are down the bottom are going to get less and less coverage and so become poorer and poorer because nobody's going to pick up and uh, become a new supporter of those uh, lower-down teams because they never got to see them. And, and uh, they'll just be driven bankrupt, I think is the logical conclusion following that path. And that's bad why. It's not. It's just, that's, just the way, that's just the way things work, that's Brett. Bad you why. do need at least two teams. If you only, only have one only, team, it's really not going to You need work. at least two teams only if you want football. <laughs> and you know what? If you want football, you'll watch it. And if you watch it, oh. then they'll get money. So are we seeing? Are we seeing what the real thing is here? You're a, you're a footy hater. No, so you don't really want to. see No, it I'm a market prosper. believer. Uh, that's uh, that's the scenario. I'm a market believer, and I think people want to watch footy. They're going to watch footy. God, you're a Randy and the objectivist. I, I know. 
Get out. Are you one of those that follows the follows the Get me a jury and show me how you can say in July. Go down on you. Brett, you don't buy something. I don't buy uh, this that uh, was on uh, one of the non-main channels. Uh, I think it was on... Oh, it was during Conan. It was on Gem um, over the week. And uh, it's, it's, you know, golden. Hi. If you're a business owner, you've seen what's happening out there. It's getting tougher and tougher. Consumer confidence and sales down. Bankruptcies and interest rates up. The old ways of doing business have changed forever. My name is Matt Emery. I've been dubbed the millionaire maker for my uncanny ability to show business owners where the money is using proven, field-tested, profit-accelerating strategies that have made millions of dollars for me and my clients. The good news is you can get these same seven world secrets free. To get a free copy, call 1-800-441-771. That's 1-800-441-771. Or go to 7wellsecrets.com. I don't buy that. <laughs> I, I would have said, I, I'm so sorry people at home couldn't see that because Mal was actually wearing one of those giant suits from the Talking Heads movie, Stop Making <laughs> Sense, <laughs> which was quite fascinating. I was thinking of doing a takeoff of this ad, but in the end, I didn't. Uh, so hang on. So someone's um, hired Roy Billing to. No, uh, he's, he's Mel Emery. He's the millionaire maker. That's what he's been done. Tell me, tell me that's not Roy Billing just in a big suit. Hunching his shoulders. It looks so much also, like him. You said it was on Gem. Like, on what Gem is what the businessmen are all were watching. Failed businessmen are all watching Gem. 12.21am on uh, Friday night. So he's, he's, the, he's got seven wealth secrets. Is one of them make lots of money? The other is don't give any of it away? The seventh is make yourself a shitty TV ad and go on saying, I've got seven secrets and I'm going to sell you. It's like The Box, that, that film from uh, Richard Kelly. He, uh, the seventh rules: you have to make the shitty ad that they can still to do the first one. <laughs> Propels itself over and over again. The, it's uh, secret number six: is uh, spare all expense. Uh, I, I like that in the background of because uh, he's standing there screaming at you, but there are also shots of him in the background fading in and out. One of them, he's just in a, like a giant butcher's apron <laughs> for, for no good. That's from when, his calendar. Yeah, ah. No, no, that's because that's because secret three is join the Masons. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't buy it either, Brett. If you watch one thing, I, I'm. <laughs> That's the ghost that you normally can't hear in that promo. They're at the very oh. back of the audio picture. Ah, oh, the ghosts. <laughs> yeah. I'll need to do another audio one that has Pac-Man that goes and eats all the ghosts. <laughs> Did you know in fact every audio recording has ghosts Right. That's a fact. Any recording device of any kind, ghosts. You know. Right. Yeah. And sometimes they appear and sometimes, sometimes they Sometimes you can hear them if you play it really loud. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like two, two, three men and a baby. Uh, oh, yes. The, uh, yeah. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go first. If I was gonna watch one thing this week, I, I would take out my uh, old school uh, old school political nerdism and uh, and watch the budget. 
on I, ABC One. I don't get right. that. Is it ironic, or do you really enjoy watching the budget? Sometimes I really enjoy watching it. Sometimes I, I watch it with my uh, ironic hipster hat on it and go, "Oh, oh, oh the budget." Is it's not so like it used funny. to be though. It's, there's there's no lockup and there's no media blackout. I know, and there's and, 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 there's and been, the government's leaking stuff from it. And one of the things that they were leaking is is that uh, pensioners are going to receive. Uh, set-top boxes. Set boxes for free, which should have happened years ago. With insulation. Uh, so, with insulation. Great. Uh, so, so, they won't, so they won't get electrocuted. No, I did I did wonder about that, because they, they said that pensioners will get set-top boxes. No indication that there'd at least be a 14-year-old there to go, Gran, you plug it into this, because without the 14-year-old... But it's, they had it's be ads bizarre, that so. showed you how easy it was to plug it in. <laughs> the problem is, now they don't know where to plug it in because they've put their television out on the lawn because they thought that was the law <laughs> as well. Uh, anyway, that's, uh, that's Tuesday night, 7.30, the budget special, the Treasurer's Budget Speech 2011. Live from Parliament House in Canberra on 7.30, formerly the 7.30 Report. Meanwhile, on ABC One at 9pm on Wednesday is my one thing. It's Angry Boys' first episode. Chris Lilly's back. He's back again. Oh, is that the, is that the name of the episode? Episode yes, one, Chris Lilly's back. back. No, it's the name of the episode is part one. Uh, but uh, the, the, the twin brothers, uh, the deaf one and the other one, are, are back as characters Do, in... Twin brothers show. from We Can Be Heroes. From We Can yeah. Be Heroes. Uh, um, Daniel and Nathan Sims. I'm so glad that was your, that was your one thing, because if it was John's one thing, it would be... Uh, I, I would think there might be conflict be dodgy, of interest. wouldn't it? Yeah, because yeah. yeah. Princess Pictures produced yeah. your, your show, Outland. Yeah. I'm which choosing is, Princess Pictures, because they're all great, and I love everything they do. Hurrah! Yeah, yeah that'd be a bit... It'd be a bit yeah, obvious. so what is, what is your one thing, John? Uh, my one thing, well, I said it's Doctor Who all the way. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, I'm, I'm flying to England on Saturday uh, for episode four of the On Saturday, really? Because most people would fly on a plane. Yay! Hey. Um, this is the episode written by Neil Gaiman, the, <gasps> oh. the New York Times bestseller, uh, award-winning novelist and comic book writer, and also uh, wrote some uh, largely unrewarding films of his work. Uh, this episode's called The Doctor's Wife, and is, yes, is the Neil Gaiman episode that was meant to be last year, but they ran out of money. So this one will be a well. good one? Yeah. yeah, after that whole lacklustre pirating, we're hoping this will be a good one. Will it have the colour red in it, John? Uh, yes. Okay. Mm. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. A Great, momentous, you've got some pork. A momentous occasion happened for me this week. Mm. <sighs> Finally. <laughs> <laughs> Molly's death has been out. Molly's death. Hang on, hang on. Molly Meldrum? No. Molly, Molly from, from the Country, country practice. practice. I know, I was just you know, trying, to it, scare, trying to scare people. Someone bin Laden and Molly in the same week. <laughs> one of the saddest uh, moments, moments on Australian TV has been trumped for me this week. Yes. Uh, with the departure of... Michael Scott from the office. I can't. I can't tell you how much I was blubbering through. This. Really, yeah. really, yeah. really. I. Uh, it's if, like extended. I could think about it now, and I could tear up again. If I wanted to, I've, uh, I've got tingles. Uh, if I wanted to to mock you, I I would, but I I was uh, I was also in tears. It's it it, it is one of the greatest uh, greatest uses of uh, of of emotion in a comedy. It's uh, it's. Kind of simultaneously manipulative, but uh, but entertaining, and and I'm embracing that. Uh, what, was it manipulative? 
I, I think just it's it's like the death of a really long close friend. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm going to mock you now. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it, it still is, uh, and you know, people very rarely hear me say this. It is still just television. Like I, you know, it, it's very easy to get over stuff like that, Brett. Oh so, yeah, I'm sure I'll get over it. But it's it's not like in I mean, the moment. It Molly's just... death. People did take the day off. After Molly died in in a country practice, I couldn't do anything yesterday. Really? <laughs> well, maybe I could do stuff, but I didn't. <laughs> You're going. People took the day off. So and, Molly's uh, death in the America's Cup. And uh, and uh, yeah, well, people didn't actually take the day off for the America's Cup because until that point, nobody cared about the America's Cup. Nobody cares about the America's Cup today. Who won it last year? No one knows. It's a weird Why? blip, isn't it? That, well, that yeah. one moment we cared about I, the America's Cup. Because I screwed with all the rules and the freaking Kiwis came in with a catamaran. See, no one knows what you're talking about now. Yeah, that's America's what I mean. Cup, what? Catamaran? That's a boat. Why would that be in a race? Not a, not a 12-metre yacht with a keel. Or a Navy SEAL. <laughs> <laughs> That brings us to the end of Fox Cutters, episode 263. Did, did I misunderstand that news story? No, maybe I, maybe I did. Cream. I thought there were six Navy SEALs that, that took... No? What? Yeah. I was just impressed you could train a SEAL. John, uh, you're, you're going to be at uh, at Seraphim this uh, this Sunday watching Eurovision. That's, that's where I'm going to be, watching yeah, Eurovision. Brett, are you going to be there? I am. Awesome. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. Yes. Is everybody else going to be there? Uh, have we I'm, have we spoken to the others? To the others, I'm, fi- I'm finding bossing. out. I'm Dave, finding if you're Dave, listening, Dave said Dave said he was going to turn up, but I think at the at the time that he said he was going to turn up, he, he had this look on his face like he still believed he didn't have a young child. So, <laughs> so I, I I kind of doubt it, but uh, and uh, and Courtney just lives around the corner, so we'll uh, we'll try to work something out there. <laughs> we'll go and kidnap her yeah, and bring her down. Yeah. So uh, so hopefully hopefully it will be uh, everyone. Courtney uh, is on next week. Next week we are also reviewing The Killing, a uh, a, a US remake of a I want to say Danish, but it might be not some kind of Scandinavian. Oh uh, yeah, Scandinavian. I'm, yeah, I'm some, yeah. So, uh, uh, the uh, story of Abba and. <laughs> The winner takes it all. The, uh, the, the original, killing. the original led to a uh, a sale of one particular jumper. It made this jumper really popular. Apparently, and it's a jumper. Yes, it was a, the little jumper that the character wore in every episode became a bestseller in some Scandinavian right, country. Right, right, because yeah. a jumper features heavily. In it is. The, it's a very it, jumper centric kind of. It, in this one, I'm going really, really. They went with a jumper that's so odd. But if if, if the Scandinavian, it's the one same is, jumper, I believe. The right. Same make. Yeah, right. for so fans, a, for fans of the show, you don't want to change the knitwear because that would just confuse them. So yeah, it's is, the same job. Is it another one? That's with why the, people hated the first Harry Potter. <laughs> is it another one with a uh, Kenneth Branagh connection? Uh, no, 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 mm. no. That's you're, unusual. you're confusing it with Thor. <laughs> what the uh, the motion picture that is out now. Uh, so that's the killing. We'll be uh, we'll, we'll be doing that next week. With uh, with Courtney Hawking, <laughs> we'll be killing with Courtney Hawking next week <laughs> on Box Cutters. Between now and then, we'll see you at Seraphim on Sunday night for Eurovision, and may your Eurovision be a good one. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. I'm John Richards. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bat 
time, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Box Cutters is produced by Josh Canal with Brett Cropley and John Richards. Brett Cropley is our audio engineer. Peter Wilson coaxes all the bits out of our servers. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell everyone you know and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That will help other people find us and would mean a lot. Box Cutters thanks 3RRR, the greatest radio station in the world. Find them in Melbourne, Australia on 102.7 FM or at rrr.org.au. There are lots of ways you can contact us and you'll find them all at our website at boxcutters.net. You Steve Coogan? Yes, I am. Aha! Aha! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, mate, how are you doing? Uh, fine, thanks. Yeah, listen, do us a favour, would you? You sign that? Uh, yes, of course. Make it out to Paul. Okay. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, of course, absolutely. Is it true what I, uh, what I read about you? Um, what do you read about me? That you're a bit of a cunt. Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Cutters.